It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. The Kansas City Chiefs make a couple of moves in what is a very tight offseason. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. I'm Ryan, your host from RGR Football, as well as Rogue Analytics, the home of the Athletic Matrix, and I appreciate all of you checking that out. The Chiefs have gotten a couple of things done, things that we've talked about, things that we thought were going to come down the pike. And despite only having just the other day reported 555K available under the cap, the Chiefs were able to make a couple of moves. And what they were able to do, uh, something that we've been talking about on this show, luckily the the most important one in my opinion, uh, Anthony Sherman is once again a Kansas City Chief back on a one-year contract. Now, Anthony Sherman is a guy that represents quite a bit in terms of the off the field, the things that you don't see every day. He is a leader on the special teams group, a guy that Dave Tobe looks to to keep things organized, keep things moving in the correct direction just like he wants. And this is a bit of an understated signing for that particular reason because this team in Kansas City is going to have to rely even more so on their special teams, a team that had some ups and downs in 2019 but was able to win a championship despite it. In 2020, they're going to need to rely on that team getting an improved performance. They're going to have some new players, definitely a lot of change in the guys that will be covering kicks. But one thing that's going to be important is the guy that kind of glues it all together. Uh, We've heard that uh, in the past be Dan Sorensen, who had to take on more of a defensive role last season. Anthony Sherman is another guy who has been there very, very often and keeps that unit running together. For Dave Tobe, it's going to be a lot of acquisition and addition into the special teams units as they have to churn the bottom of the roster because of so many free agents, free agents that we've been talking about. Now, they've gotten a couple of back. And in addition to Sherman, they were able to bring back Mike Pinnell on a one-year contract. Uh, Big Mike, as he's called, was pretty adamant about returning. And so we had thought that this was a definite possibility given mutual interest. But it was just about the cap numbers that were so difficult to try and see them work out. But luckily, they have done that. We're going to talk about the defensive line unit in a little bit. But let's not underestimate Mike Pinnell and the fact that he had offers to go other places. And we're starting to see the effect of a Super Bowl championship in that he turned down more money to come back to Kansas City, to play with Pat Mahomes, to play with his defensive teammates for Steve Spagnuolo and trying to advance that side of the ball and get them even better. And that is a thing that we're going to see going forward. It's a little bit tight this year, but I think in general, as this team continues to progress forward at looking at trying to return to a Super Bowl and getting that performance under their belt, you're going to see more and more players that want to play in Kansas City, want to come to Kansas City, and those that want to stay in Kansas City. Now, when we get back, we're going to dig into that position group, and we're going to review the mock drafts of the week that I just put up on RGR Football. 
To get your copy of The Athletic Matrix, go to rogueapc.com and use the code LOC20 to get 25% off of your purchase of The Athletic Matrix Metrics Report for the 2020 NFL Draft. That's over at rogueapc, that's R-O-G-U-E-A-P-C.com, and get The Athletic Matrix today. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The return of Mike Pinnell is a, a very important piece. It's not the flashy, get-in-your-face, eruptive pass rush option. That's what Chris Jones is. This is the flip side to that coin. Mike Pinnell is a guy that, as we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, and I really want to reiterate this, if you're going to play coverage linebackers, which is something that we have had that little piece confirmed, through contacts with the team. If you're going to do that, you have to help them. You have to protect them with a number of guys in the front four, preferably all four of them, that can take on the run and stop teams from effectively cramming it down your throat through the A and B gaps at those undersized but athletic linebackers. It is covering up a, a weakness in one area with a strength in another. And Mike Pinnell was one of the key figures in 2019 that allowed them to defend the run better in the second half of the season, especially late through the playoffs even, than they had early in the season. Now, Pinnell didn't join the team till partway through the season. And what we saw is an immediate uptick when he was on the field versus how well the team defended the run. Very intriguing when you talk about teams like the Raiders, uh, a two-headed attack now in Denver with Melvin Gordon joining Philip Lindsay, and as well as what looks to be a team in the Tennessee Titans that is going to be able to put it back together now that they've retained both Derrick Henry and their quarterback. I think that that bodes very, very ominously for what the Chiefs are going to face. There's going to be a lot of teams that I still continue to think are going to try to run the ball on them in order to keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. I think what you've seen is that teams, even like the explosive San Francisco 49ers, if you're a team in this league and you watch that Super Bowl and you watch how even the explosive Niners were not able to keep up with Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs offense, that's got to give you a lot of pause, both as a team builder, um, GM, executive type, as well as a head coach, or a defensive coordinator in particular, because what you thought you could do by streamlining your offense, by trying to get more weapons, to try to keep up with Pat Mahomes, even the other extremely explosive offenses in this league didn't fare that well in trying to win ball games using that method. Now, that doesn't mean it can't happen. There's certainly a lot of teams that I think were... Uh, able to upgrade and get themselves some more help. I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to have an even more uh, explosive offense next season in 2020. I think they are a team to watch. Uh, There are others. 
there's going to be a very interesting development all the way around the league as to how teams try to defend PM15 and his crew. But it does seem that there are a number at least of, maybe you can call them the more conservative type coaches. Um, maybe you just have teams that realize they can't put enough weapons on the field to try and win a foot race with the Chiefs. You have to score 50 to do it. And no matter where somebody is offensively, if you don't think you can get there, the only alternative is to try to slow them down, to try to keep the ball out of their hands more. And that's where I think a lot more teams are going to end up trying to go. Playing more defense, running the ball better. And that brings us back to Mike Pennell. Because as we saw, when teams tried to isolate and be able to keep the ball in their possession for longer periods of time, it allowed them to make a couple of plays on defense and have those defensive stops or big plays have bigger meaning in the scope of the entire game than we had seen in teams that try to keep up with them offensively. So the two players in particular late in the season that had a a net positive effect on the Chiefs being able to slow down the run, to stop it, uh, to corral runners like Derrick Henry, were Mike Pinnell and Reggie Ragland. Now, we've heard nothing about Reggie Ragland. The team is so strapped for cash. He can't be a high priority because he, again, like Pinnell, is very specific in being able to defend the run as their primary strength, their thing that they bring to the defense that maybe other players don't bring, but covers up, again, something that they possibly lack. Now, Mike Pinnell had a couple of nice plays rushing the passer. I do have to give him that. Um, He actually had a pressure that caused one of the turnovers in the Super Bowl, so you have to give him all the credit that he's due. But his bread and butter, the thing that he is best at, is not only taking on double teams and absorbing blocks to keep linebackers clean, but actually exploiting gaps as well. Mike Pinnell is not just a sit-back two-gapper, wait for everything to come to him. He has the ability to go towards the offense, and I think that's important. And when you talk about a rotation of Naughty, Pinnell, and Colin Saunders, if it does happen that Chris Jones is not on this roster next year, you have to be able to generate pass rush, more from your edges, uh, possibly blitzing a fifth guy off of the, uh, the off-ball linebacker level. But you have to be able, especially if you want to go more speed, lighter, more coverage linebackers, you have to be able to stop the run with your front four. And Mike Pinnell gives you a, a serious option to be able to accomplish that. Now, it's not the only thing that he does, but it is a big piece of it. And it gives you two guys in Pinnell and Derek Nottie who are better against the run than they are against the pass. Guys that can clog that up and can protect your second level, especially if there's only two linebackers in the nickel, and let your secondary do what it does. I think that's the building block here, especially if they're looking at possibly moving on from Chris Jones. And we don't know what that situation is now. But you also don't see a whole lot of those guys in the draft class. So I think this is a great signing, something that allows them to have the flexibility to play four strong up front like Spags wants to do. And I think that's a great way to go about taking care of trying to be a pass-first defense, a nickel defense, as we've seen them drift towards more and more over the last few years. Now, when we come back, I've got two mock drafts for you. And I want to illustrate the differences in what we might see as we head into this draft for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. If you would like to see these mock drafts that I'm talking about, head over to RGR Football on YouTube. You can just search it or there's a link down below in the show notes here. And I'll walk you through all of this. What I did is compare two possible scenarios on two possible sites, to tell you the truth. Uh, And that does play part of the, the role there. And what we've found in the hesitation or the delay in any kind of progress towards um, a resolution of contracts for Sammy Watkins and Chris Jones, it leads you towards believing that maybe there's a redoubling of effort to try and get them signed, to get them worked out, maybe one or the other. Maybe the, there's another deal that at the recording of this we have not heard about that allowed the signings of Sherman and Pinnell to actually happen. Uh, sometimes there is there are delays in that, and we might hear one thing first and another thing again. But without those, if they are working there and they are able to accomplish those goals in keeping the band together, which is something Brett Veach has spoken about this offseason, if they get that, then there's clearly not a whole lot of room. They will have renegotiated contract levels, et cetera, et cetera, or negotiated an extension that allows them to have cap space to sign their draft class. That, that is a foregone conclusion. They have to have that. There's really no way around it. So if that's said, and the first scenario is that Chris Jones and Sammy Watkins are both back on the roster, and you have enough space for a draft class, maybe even another free agent signing. Not that there's a whole lot left, but Bashad Breeland's still sitting out there. So um, that's something that's kind of clawing at the back of my neck. What you get then is a five draft pick draft. And you haven't been able to acquire any additional picks. You haven't been able to make that blockbuster trade that nets you a couple of other guys in the top 60 or at least the top 100 who are all players that should eventually become starters. It'll just depend on time frame. Uh, much like Colin Saunders, he will eventually become a starter. I, I do feel good about that. He was a third-round pick, and I, I feel like the, those guys are inching towards that progress that could buy them a little bit more, and that's something we'll talk more in depth about. So if, as we look at the top five picks, one through five that the Chiefs actually have, and we start going through the scenarios, what we've found is that... We talked about Ken Murray, uh, the off-ball linebacker from Oklahoma a few weeks ago, a guy that I'm uh, more and more so feel like he's the, the, the top linebacker in this draft that 
is not named Isaiah Simmons. And what we've seen consequently, and I, I agree with after watching some more of the LSU film, is that Patrick Queen is going to fall down. He might still be a first-rounder, but he should be towards the bottom of it somewhere. Where in this scenario, I was actually able to draft him at 32. So the Chiefs get their off-ball linebacker, their coverage linebacker that they're looking for. And that definitely is the case with Queen. He is a guy that can get backward, play zones. Uh, running with running backs is sometimes a little bit iffy, but he's instinctual. He's got great speed. And he's developing better and better angles and instincts. Uh, hasn't been a full-time starter for a very long time. So um, there are some some things that he can work on. But it's definitely a boon for the second level of the Chiefs defense. A guy that you can pair with Hitchens and you have a true big nickel out there ready to go. I came back in the next round. I picked Bryce Hall, a cornerback that I think fits very well, has experience playing with Juan Thornhill, has a mix of skill sets, and has a second-round pick, especially a pick in the 60s, is not anything to sneeze at at all. What we ended up doing is I came back through the third round, picked another weapon for Patrick Mahomes because Sammy Watkins is back in the fold now in, in this scenario. And we still have to backfill the spot that Demarcus Robinson had filled. Now that's still under the assumption that Demarcus Robinson is going to sign elsewhere. I still think that's going to happen. I'm a little bit surprised that it hasn't happened yet, just like the Bashad Breeland situation. But you have Byron Prinkle. Uh, you have Jody Fortson. You have, I think, an opportunity eventually to get Kemp back if you wanted. Some guys that are lower-level developmental guys that could be pushing for that fifth spot. But maybe you want a little more competition to get the best four that you can. And with Sammy back on the roster, a guy like Van Jefferson works very well. And then we, f- we backfill even further with another uh, couple of guys in the fourth and fifth rounds that round out. And it's a small class. But you hope that you've picked strategically enough and you've addressed issues that we know the Chiefs have in off-ball linebacker and cornerback. And that goes pretty well. That scenario, I think, really keeps the Chiefs in the teeth of their defense so that they continue to have Chris Jones there uh, to, to be that spark next to Frank Clark. Um, and it does allow you to have Sammy Watkins to be that that one, or at this point, probably not even the one, be the one C. <laughs> With uh, McCole Hardman hopefully taking on a bigger role in his sophomore campaign, I would expect that. I definitely think that that would uh, be the way that that goes down. And so then there's the flip side. Another mock that I ran through was the total opposite. That you don't know what's happening still. You don't get these contract extensions done. And you are in a situation where you don't know if you're going to get these extensions completed and you have to do something proactive. You have to move around the draft and use the capital that you have. That is first round pick number 32. And you have to try and get as much value as you can by moving back. And so I was able to do a couple of things in this scenario. Chiefs move back from 32 all the way to the number 10 spot in the second round in a trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that nets them A.J. Terrell, a corner out of Clemson, but also gets them an additional pick. And that's where it becomes very, very important. Uh, They get the number nine in the third round. We'll talk about that in a second. So you get A.J. Terrell at at 42. You come back at the second-to-last pick, the Chiefs' original pick in the second round, 
and you're still at a, at a loss at cornerback. So the fact that Noah Igbenogane is sitting there, you go ahead and grab him. You come back, and when you get to the third round, you have people interested. And so this is where it gets really interesting in that players in the top 100 are the goal. You want to have guys that you feel can grow into starting level players. And so by moving back yet again, you take an offer, you move back, and you now have picks 25, 32, and 41 in the third round. Uh, 41 is a compensatory pick. So they are tradable again now. So the Chiefs go from having a first, a second, and a third to two seconds and three thirds. You turn three players in the top 100 into five. And you pick guys like Malik Harrison or Matt Hennessy or Jeremy Chin or Duggar. There are a number of options out there. The point is, is that by being creative, by not selling yourself into one guy at 32, if you have to move around, you can. And what it can buy you in certain situations is more volume at the 40 to 100 area than you had before. Maybe not the elite talent, but guys that can become starters, can fill in, can provide you depth. And on a team that's losing this many free agents, that's clearly important. I'm not going to give the whole thing away. Go ahead and watch that over on RGR Football. I think you'll enjoy it. But the point is that this is the other scenario that is definitely a possibility. You never know what's going to come of it, but it is something that I, th- I think if they're unable to get these situations confirmed and kind of tucked away so they know what to expect, I, I think that's going to become more and more important as it goes on. And, and the really interesting thing is there's even word now that the GMs, and we don't have confirmation that one of them is, is Brett Veach, but it would be my indication. A lot of GMs want this draft pushed back. They feel like the lack of visits, the lack of pro days has really put them behind the eight ball in terms of completing their evaluations, being prepared to draft players that they have to invest this kind of money into. So there is still that. We're going to keep our eyes open for that and see if anything comes of those discussions and see if the NFL draft stays on track. And if it does move around, we'll definitely have some feedback for you. But these are two great scenarios about how the Chiefs can get some things done in order to rebuild themselves with or without cap space and with or without extensions for the big two dominoes in Chris Jones and Sammy Watkins. That's where we're at today. Let us know what you think over at Locked on Chiefs on Twitter. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, Stay safe. I know there's shelter-in-place orders all over the place now in Chiefs Kingdom, even out here in Colorado, down in Wichita, all over KC. I hope you guys stay safe. Mind the, the orders. Let it take care of yourself. A little bit of time at home isn't going to hurt anybody, and I think it can actually help the health of Chiefs Kingdom, which I am rooting for. So take care of yourselves. Take care of your families. Appreciate you listening to us today. We definitely will be back with you tomorrow, and we'll have some bonus stuff. Check out RGR Football. Get your athletic matrix over at RogueAPC.com. Take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Hold up. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.